Maybe it's time to just get drunk. Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, all my dear friends, and thank you for tuning into another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and it is always my privilege to share my heart with you each and every week. Uh, as I've been thinking about this podcast, it's been kind of an interesting week because there's been uh, many different directions that I felt like I could go, and there are many things that I would like to talk about and will plan to talk about, uh, such as uh, I want to talk about mask mandates. Uh, last week, I shared again facts about the vax and have gotten quite a few responses uh, in that regard, uh, so I do want to... Uh, answer your questions and make sure that everybody is heard and, and listened to in that regard. Um, I also uh, have uh, issues uh, with some things that are happening in, in the public schools and, and certainly in our government. Then, of course, uh, you know, this week we hear about Afghanistan and, and my heart is, is certainly there and our, our family has been troubled by what we've been hearing coming out of that country and and the heartbreak uh, that's connected to um, what it perceives to be almost an abandonment uh, in that area. And I know that it's uh, multi-layered and faceted, and we don't always have full perspective on what's happening, but my heart goes out there. And so, Lord, I just pray for the Afghani people, uh, for those who are ministering uh, in that area. Uh, Lord, I just speak for super, speak supernatural protection. Uh, for those in that area, that those that need to be rescued and removed uh, can be found, uh, can be rescued uh, and evacuated safely. Lord, I also just pray for your spirit, uh, the spirit uh, that is above all other names. Lord, your name, the name of Jesus would be over that country, over the decision makers, over the politicians and leaders, Lord God, that there would be wise discernment. Um, in this time when we need it so desperately. And Lord, we know that you are on your throne and we never have to be in fear of that. So despite all of these, uh, amen, <laughs> despite all of these um, events that are happening in this world, I've just felt burdened um, this week. Uh, just maybe it's my own personal walk, um, but I do feel like uh, this is for somebody and I just want to share my heart. I am sitting to you uh, I'm sitting here in the studio before you uh, without any notes. Never done that before. I've always had at least my thoughts organized. Uh, but I really do want to feel like I, I feel like I just want to share from my heart in a very uh, sincere way about what the Lord has been speaking to me this week. And so despite everything that's happening in this world, I feel like I need to be obedient uh, to the pull and the call that he has for me right now with this message. And I, I believe that when we look at current events, I believe that what I want to talk about here today is not separate from what's happening in this world. In fact, I believe it's maybe key and central as we talk about culture, as we talk about 
uh, living in this world, this world that we see pain and we see the anxiety and the fear and the reality of evil on the earth. And our response as Christians, as Christian families, as the ones who set the culture, what is our response? And I feel like uh, there is just this pull in me to share my heart uh, about this very specific topic. I dedicate this podcast to my daughter, Emma, uh, and her husband, uh, Jake, who are now youth. Uh, my, my daughter is a youth pastor at a local church moving closer to us. We're pinching ourselves because we can't even believe it. Uh, we are so happy that they're moving back into our area. And her husband, uh, Jake, is the uh, youth worship pastor uh, at this church as well. And I really feel like there's just something brewing in that church and in our region uh, that's not uh, disconnected from Jake and Emma starting what they are doing. And so I'm going to encourage them to listen to this podcast and I dedicate it to them uh, as sort of a charge um, as their father who loves them, but just also uh, as from insight that the Lord is just giving me about the times in which we live and the importance of connecting with our youth and uh, the, the generation that is going to be carrying a lot of this pain and burden as we go forward into the culture. But not only carrying the pain and the burden, but also the answer. They're carrying the answer. And that's what excites me, uh, even though there is a heaviness connected to it. I was listening to Bill Johnson today and he was talking about, you know, a construction worker that, you know, is told to cut, you know, 100 pieces of wood eight feet long. And he said he takes the first piece and he measures eight feet and he cuts it. Then he uses that piece of wood to measure the next piece of wood and draws a line and cuts it. Then he uses the freshly cut piece to measure the next piece. And by the time he gets to the hundredth piece of wood, it's about nine feet long, which is what happens when we gradually change things over time. And I know this applies directly to family and a lot of our message that we have regarding family and GoFam Ministries about how family today is not looking like what family was intended to look like at the very beginning of time. And we need to actually get back to the precise measurement um, and the precise instructions that the Lord gave us for family. I believe it's also true for church as we look at the first church in the book of Acts to what we are seeing in church today. And it's not like it, we're void uh, from the things that are happening then, uh, but I don't believe it looks the same. And there's been slow changes and erosions over time and even compromises that I believe that we see even in church that has uh, shifted us away from the original plan and purpose of church itself. And I, I've just been, I've been overwhelmed by the notion of truth. And I, I've been really leaning into the word truth because it's complicated, because I think a lot of people see truth as just the, the opposite of a lie, that it's like accuracy. And I would submit to you that actually truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And all of those foundational aspects of who he was and who he is was actually found in the garden. In the beginning was the word. He was there in the beginning. And I believe he was life. And he, uh, Adam and Eve were intended to live forever in the presence of the almighty God and in the power of his kingdom. 
And I believe that truth then was introduced into the world through Jesus himself. And so when he comes back to the world, I don't believe he came just on a salvation mission, although he did. He came on a restoration mission to restore truth. And I'm reminded of the conversation that Jesus had with Pilate. And if you haven't read that for a while, I encourage you just to look it up in scripture. But, you know, Jesus is brought before Pilate at the request of the Jewish people to to be um, questioned uh, by Pilate. And so Pilate begins conversing with Jesus. And of course, the first thing he asks them is about kingdom. And he said, are you a king? And Jesus said, well, yes, I am a king, but not as you think that I am. I'm paraphrasing. Not that you think. I'm from a different kingdom. And if I was from this kingdom, if I was king of this kingdom, then people would fight for me. Probably even the whole angelic realm would fight for him. And yet he stood humble before Pilate and said, I'm not of this kingdom. And he said, I have come to declare, to decree, to display truth. And Pilate's response was, what is truth? And I believe ever since Pontius Pilate uttered those words, I believe that the question before humanity is what is truth? And I believe that Jesus came to demonstrate truth to us. And unless we embrace him, and unless we embrace his message, unless we embrace his person and, and, the, and the totality of who he is, then we are believing a lie and we are not being told the truth. My definition of truth is the absoluteness of his word and the reality of his kingdom. I believe that Jesus came to display the absoluteness of his father's word and to demonstrate the reality of his kingdom. He said, behold, the kingdom is at hand. It's like right here before you. And so Pilate says, what is truth? Jesus is like, you are looking at him. Like, I am it. I am what this world has been waiting for. And so what burdens me, what breaks my heart, is especially this young generation is being raised in a church whose job is to demonstrate truth. And we have reduced truth to a list of do's and don'ts. We have reduced truth to a character dissertation. And don't get me wrong, because I believe that character is extremely important. And, and, and Bill Johnson will often teach that there's two legs that we walk on, and one is character. One is the character of the Bible, and the other is the power. And when we ignore them, we are either quenching the Spirit or we're grieving the Spirit. When we operate outside of character, we are actually grieving the Spirit. He doesn't like it when we hurt ourselves or hurt others because of the character, because of our lack of character. But we can also quench the Spirit where we don't do or allow the Spirit to move through us to actually accomplish what he actually has sent us to do here on this earth, which is to demonstrate the kingdom reality here on earth. 
And so, so often what I see is young people entering into church and being, quote unquote, trained in the character of, of the gospel. But what is missing and is often absent from, from church experiences is the actual release of the power of the gospel through them to be released into the world to bring cultural change. And so children, and this, unfortunately the statistics are staggering, that children, even those raised in the church, as soon as they leave home, enter college, enter the workforce, enter quote-unquote the world, they simply abandoned, abandon the gospel truth in their lives. And the reason is, is that they simply have been indoctrinated with rules. You know, rules are important and boundaries are important. We teach about boundaries all of the time. But a boundary is even different than a rule. A rule is something that is actually imposed upon you to control your behavior. And there are places for rules, for safety and for instruction and, and for, for uh, the movement of masses, as it were. But, but rules are actually constricting. And children are indoctrinated with rules and how they are supposed to live. But there's no reality to what they are supposed to live. They hear about God, but they're not introduced to God. They know about his word, but they don't listen to his word. They know what he has spoken, but they don't understand that he is still speaking. And still an active part of their life in the everyday, it's the reality of his kingdom. That's what truth is. And that's what Jesus came to impose upon us, to, to, to introduce to the world, is his truth. And it's quite possible, Emma and Jake, to be youth pastors and to, to demonstrate truth through doctrine and through religion and through rules. And, and those can, for the time that your children or these youth are with you, can control the situation. But my concern is, is that when they leave, there's no reality connected to it. And, and the, the lure of the world, the, 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 the pull of the everyday gratification that the world offers is a greater reality and a greater pull and, and, and the rules become so constricting that it's like a heavyweight jacket that they're just simply trying to take off. And when they have the opportunity, the statistics would show that they do. They take it off. And so the re answer is, and the answer for Jesus was, to actually demonstrate the reality of the kingdom. Because when we know the reality, when we've experienced God, and his realm of truth, then character goes hand in hand where we want to, we want to behave in a way that actually brings him pleasure. And he wants to instruct us in a way that, that's, that protects us and is for our benefit. That's how relationship works. And when we have character, and then we position that character towards the power of God, that's when we create real change and effectiveness here on this earth. They go hand in hand. If we simply build character based on rules and religion, then they are a one-legged creature. 
If we simply promote power without any character, it's ridiculous. And we hurt people as a one-legged creature. And we go around hopping on one foot, trying to get the attention of this world. And so often, we just simply give up. And we begin walking in a different direction with two different legs. And that's what breaks my heart for these young people. Because we can draw them in even to a youth group situation. But my friends, my daughter, <laughs> arcades are great and coffee shops are wonderful. And, and those things are fine to, to, uh, to draw people in and to have them feel comfortable and in, have them even enjoy life. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the sticking, sustaining power of the gospel actually happens when they are confronted with the reality of the kingdom of God. The passion I have in my voice today is because of the reality that I have seen of his kingdom. It's my testimony. And, and that's what drives me. That's what pulls me. And I want more. I want to see more. That's the cry of my heart. And what the Lord's been talking to me about this week is that, is that I believe, belief comes first. The, the curtain is pulled back and there is a reality of the kingdom that takes place. So Jesus tells the early church, go and gather in a room and just wait there. And they all gathered together, about 120 people, and it says they were all in one accord. And it wasn't one accord about the program that they created or Peter had a kind of an idea of getting together so often so that they can discuss what happened with Jesus. No, there was one accord with what God was doing. They were connecting in one accord to what the Holy Spirit was doing. And we know the story that the whole, the reality of the kingdom came into the room. Whoa. The reality of the kingdom came into the room. And they were overwhelmed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues, and there were tongues of like fire above their heads. And, and, and they were amazed, <laughs> obviously. But I believe that maybe this is even the more amazing part of the story, is as they, as they were drunk in the Spirit, as they... People assumed they were drinking because of the chaos and the, and the noise that was coming out of the room. As they staggered out of the room, there were thousands of people that had gathered outside. Now, my friends, there were no megaphones. There were no speakers. There, were no, there was no YouTube release. Um, there, was, there was nothing um, from a technological standpoint that would have transported the sound of heaven and the reality that they were in in that room outside of the room to actually draw that many people there. It was the sound of heaven. It was the reality of the kingdom that drew them. Peter didn't have a prepared message. He didn't have a smartphone. He, he just stood up there and through the power of the Spirit released a message that brought such great transformation in a region that thousands were saved in that day. And it was simply the opening of the gate of heaven. I say it simply, but it's not complicated. It's the understanding that there is a realm that's greater than our realm. 
And I believe that the early church operated in such power and impact and authority that they accomplished in a couple years what we would hope our churches to accomplish in a lifetime or more. And I believe that over time, the church has slowly moved away from the template of what the church was originally created to be. And the template that the church was originally created to be was a demonstration of the truth, the reality of the kingdom. And where my heart is breaking this week is for the young people, the young generation, that I believe they they are not having the truth spoken to them. They're not having the truth demonstrated to them. So my dear daughter, as you start in this youth group as a leader, have nothing else before you than the reality of the kingdom. Because the world is hungry for it today. I know that for a fact. There is a hunger for something outside of this world. When I'm flipping through channels at night on call in the emergency department, I, I'm, I'm amazed, especially on the History Channel and the Discovery Channel, how many paranormal TV shows there are about ghosts and, and paranormal activities, paranormal activity caught on camera. And there's all these shows because people are so hungry for something outside of the natural. And I'm telling you that the degree of drug abuse and alcoholism like real drinking is so high because people are trying to escape the reality of this world. Now, I don't believe that we're supposed to escape the reality of this world. I believe we're supposed to transform it. And the way that we transform it is by the reality of his kingdom. But there is a desperation for the exposure to the reality of who God is. And that's the key. That's the secret sauce. That's the call for our families as mothers and fathers, that our children would not only learn about God or information about him, but that they would be apprehended and overwhelmed by his presence and by the reality of his kingdom. His kingdom is real. His kingdom is more real than what we are experiencing here in our natural world. It's foundational. And I believe, I really believe this, that the Lord is opening the curtain. He's pulling back the curtain. So when we see pandemics and we see Taliban and we see these things that are happening in our world that concern us and cause fear and anxiety, it's because we are in the wrong realm. We're in the wrong realm. We need to live in a different realm. We are seated in him in heavenly places, it says in Ephesians. That's our reality, and it's more real than what we are experiencing here in our temporal bodies and lives. I don't believe our children, this is too big or beyond our kids. I believe that I'm a big believer in underage drinking. (laughs) Drinking the Spirit, becoming inebriated in the Spirit, becoming drunk in the Spirit. And I hope that's not insulting or or I hope this doesn't hurt anybody or uh, if I use that analogy because I believe that's what they were in Pentecost they said man they must have been drinking but it seems like it's too early but they were so saturated in the reality of the kingdom that their that their mind and the reality in which they lived was inebriated <laughs> it was beyond 
They were out of their mind. (laughs) And they were engaged in their spirit. That's my call for me. It's the call for my family. It's the call for the youth. It's the call for every believer that we don't live in this temporal world but that we are connected to the reality of the kingdom of his spirit. And you might have been a Christian your whole life and have never actually been been exposed to the reality of his kingdom. That's the key. Otherwise, we're just playing church or we're just playing youth group or we're just playing children's church. We're just going through the motions and trying to learn the do's and don'ts just to try to become better people. There's nothing wrong with becoming a better person, but we are supposed to be heavenly people connected to the reality of his kingdom because it's truth. It's the truth. And so if that's you and you're willing just to hold your hands out right now, close your eyes. Let me just pray this over you. Holy Spirit, I just I just release the reality of who you are into all of the listeners, Lord, who are just receiving you right now. The reality of your kingdom, Lord, open their eyes and their ears to hear and their eyes to see. The reality and the truth of who you are. Jesus, that's what you died for. And we just receive it right now. That we would be overwhelmed with the reality of your kingdom. Inebriated or intoxicated with your goodness and your truth. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for hearing my heart. That was just from my heart. I love you so much. And I believe that his spirit is the answer. His spirit is the answer. So thank you and bless you. Now let's go in the spirit to set and shape the culture.